This show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. Let's hit it, baby. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. The Carolina David Hurricanes. Ayers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another dominant season last year, but you can't, you couldn't get it done in the second round, allowing the second place Rangers to slip past 116 oh. points. They they were to the division winners. Jesse, what are the odds? The over under odds at SportsInteraction.com slash SDPN. Expecting a little bit of a regression. Ooh. 102.5. Over on the that. Over under. The Carolina over. Hurricanes. The betting market is expecting a bit of a regression. That is 102.5. That is bananas. B A N A N A S. Are you? Please double check that. You're looking at it with your eyes. With the website. Take it. I'm putting That's it. That's an easy. It's on the um, screen again. 102.5 is That's the an easy over one. under. I. I'm going to steal the sponsor's money. <laughs> Take that bet all day. Um, uh, okay. Now, they made some incredible moves this offseason. Pacioretty and Brent Burns for essentially nothing. They did lose Vinny Trocek and Nino Niederreiter. Um, Both of those hurt. They do hurt. But again, like I said, Patches and Burns for nothing. Uh, Don Waddell continues to be my favorite GM. And by the way, he also got a drama-free season which is shocking, out of Tony D'Angelo and then traded him for picks. Valuable for, picks. Oh, that trade, uh, I came across it in my research for this piece. And man, uh, I was going to say if Don Waddell calls, don't answer it. That's not true. If you're Chuck Fletcher, throw your phone in the lake. <laughs> That's what it is. What do you know? Don Waddell. No, no, he's good. But also, what are you doing? Brent Burns mm-hmm. replaces Tony D'Angelo and they both kind of defensive liabilities, but great on the offensive side. That's basically it. And right-handed shots and they can excel on the power play, et cetera, et cetera. Except one is enormous and generally well-liked mm. and Carolina got that one. So I think, think that'll work out for them. I do. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that'll go really well. And in terms of the losses mm-hmm. um, with Niederreiter and Trocek, they have to simply hope. And this is, this is a good bet um, when you have young players and you lock them up to big money, Asperi, Cock, and Yemi. Um, you have to expect that they'll improve. So that lies on Martin Natchez and it lies on Asperi, Cock, and Yemi. Um, let's talk about Max Pacioretty for a second. The other thing before we get into Natchez and, and some of those other players you mentioned. When he plays, he's a point-of-game player, especially in the last four years in Vegas. You know, He started there 66 games, 40 points. Then 71 the next year, 66 points. In the last two years, 48 games, 51 points, 39 uh, games last year, and 37 points. This guy's a top-line guy. When he is healthy, he is a top-line player, and they got him for absolutely nothing. What does he bring to the Canes that they didn't have? They got him for less than nothing, actually. He brings nothing because he's not going to be playing. Well, no, he's not out for the whole year. February 20th is when he said he'd be back. The trade deadline. He is going to be their for free trade deadline acquisition. Mm -hmm. And if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, do you need to worry about making the playoffs? No, you're going to sleepwalk to a playoff spot. Their concern is success in the playoffs. And Pacioretty will help with that because at the trade deadline, they can go out and get someone 
And then they're also going to get this guy who they already got for less than free. They got him for less than free. You can turn those D'Angelo picks into somebody you get at the deadline. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. One of them is a second. Please, someone steal Chuck Fletcher's phone on second thought. Don't. <laughs> it's too funny. Um, but uh, Dylan Coughlin, who was in this trade with Pacioretty, is going to make an impact on the Hurricanes before Pacioretty does. And I kind of feel like the Hurricanes are just going to quietly go about their business this year when a bunch of games be first at worst second mm-hmm. in the division for most of the season. And then sometime during the snow, we're going to be like, Oh, right. They also have one of the most consistent goal scorers in the last 10 years. It's a little unfair, isn't it? It's a lot unfair. Who's, who's the standout on defense? Slavin. Like, all of them. Jacob Slavin. Slavin. That's it. Well, I and mean, Pesci's we're like, Oh, too. we got Brett Pesci and fucking Brady Shea's good. I mean, but, but, but Sla- Slavin is, a couple years ago, they were talking like Norris Trophy. Yeah, Lady Bing. It's a very important thing. Doesn't take penalties. Mm-hmm. It's difficult right. uh, for a defenseman. No, they 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 play smart team defense. They're a, t- a team, a rare example of forwards who make the defense's job easier mm-hmm. in the defensive zone, not just by scoring a butt ton of goals, but they can also score a butt ton of goals and they're three goalies deep. Can I ask you the most important question? Yeah. Can Frederick Anderson stay healthy when the games matter most? Because he has never been able to do that. It's up to the Carolina Hurricanes. Why is that? It's up to the Carolina Hurricanes because when Frederick Anderson got hurt, I was heartbroken for him. But then I looked at the games played total and he was on pace to play. I think it was 55, 56, seven games. games. They were en route to making the same mistake. Oh, well, he's, he's playing like a Vezina caliber goal. Who cares? Who cares? You are the Carolina Hurricanes. You're better than that conversation. Playoff success. That's what it's all about. Don't exhaust your goalie. Now, Antiranta was hurt. Uh, Pavel Kachekov wasn't there yet. He's there now. So if you need someone to take games because Freddie's hurt or Ranta's hurt, Kachekov gets in there. There you go. I, I'm I, I the thing I like the, uh, Sorry, about the I Hurricanes. Was in a that's okay. Entire yeah. rant. The thing I love about the uh, Carolina Hurricanes the most, I think, you know, obviously you've got Sebastian Ajo, obviously you've got Seth Jarvis, and uh, I'll get to a question mark, but something I really, really like is their Sophomore depth. More Seth Jarvis, oh boy. Yeah, um, could have been a Leaf Seth Jarvis. No, um, pa- I love I love their depth. Jordan Stahl, Paul Stasny, Martin Nikas, Nietzsche, excuse me. I also like Andre Kasha. He played great in Toronto when he was playing last year. It's such oh, yeah. a shame, man. It's a bummer. And they've got him slotted in as like the fourth line right wing. That's not bad at all. And that's a guy that can play up on the second line. We saw it last year. He played great. It's so mean and unnecessary. <laughs> it is. Um, the, the one question I have, Vinny Trocek was such a huge part of this team. And I wonder, oh. is Jesperi Kakaniemi with Niederreiter and Trocek gone, ready to take that second line center and and really run with it because i mean he was anoint he was the anointed one in montreal until he wasn't right his first year everybody's like well he's better than matthews and then he wasn't that good he was good but he wasn't great he signs the rfa he comes to carolina is he the guy they're hoping that he would be well you know we were talking about the over under this is where they might lose some points um but with a young team and carolina is committed to these young players <clears throat> I've I've told the story before, but I think it 
it's a Leaf story that applies to the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. When I was at Leafs TV, they needed me to shoot Leafs practice, and they handed me a camera, and they said, do you know what to do with this? And I said, no. And they said, well, there's only one way to learn, and then they put it in my hand. And, but you know how that story ends? I did a terrible job. I, I did a genuinely <laughs> terrible job. They couldn't use most of the footage. I did a really bad job. But I eventually... Because you're not a cameraman. No. But you got better. <clears throat> but I got better, and I learned how to do uh, an adequate job. Okay. So they're going to throw these young players, Seth Jarvis, Martin Natchez, Gisberry Kakaniemi, into the pool, and hopefully they swim. Because uh, it's the only way they're going to learn. Well, Kakaniemi's got a big old extension, too. He got, We forget, he's only 22 years old. They gave him that money before he did anything, and it was very <laughs> shocking. It's an odd one. Yeah, but it was funny. It was. <laughs> Yeah, um, Twitter account got a couple of laughs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was very funny. Yeah, there is... Uh, uh, the other thing I want to ask is anti-Ranta. We saw flashes of old anti-Ranta, and I don't expect him to be Rangers anti-Ranta. He was fantastic in the playoffs. I don't know if you have his numbers up, but in... I can pull him up. He was like a 922, if I remember correctly. I was looking at it earlier. Um, during like 12 games in the playoffs. That Anti-Ranta, is exactly what he was. Anti-Ranta showed up. 922, and he was he only 6-5. and five. How is that possible? So Man, he was good. I don't really know if you can blame it on goaltending. No, they're, I'm, I'm not even going to say lack of success. They just they, they ran into the Rangers. Well, and they have a second round hump, which uh, the Colorado Avalanche also had up until last year before they cruised over the bump at 100 miles an hour and won the Stanley Cup. Second round hump. I wonder what that's like. Who uh, wouldn't love a second <laughs> round hump? No, the, the sorry. Why did I? I didn't need to. You didn't need to stare make it down like the that. barrel of the camera. And didn't need to do that. But anyway, are they a division winning team again this year? Jesse Blake, where do you have them? This is a very good hockey team, top to bottom. There are really no flaws in the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they finished second in the division. Ooh, Stephen A. Dangle. I have them also finishing second, plus a spot. I have them finishing in first. <laughs> you got them top two, but they're not two. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I also have them in first place. We'll see what happens with the Carolina Hurricanes. I suspect I know who Jesse's got at number one. I don't. The surprise of the offseason had to be the Columbus Blue Jackets winning the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes, which we never thought they were even in on. But are they even ready to challenge for the playoffs? Uh, No. So before we ask that question, gentlemen, we must first consult the odds. Sports yeah. Interaction, what do we have? Uh, Sports Interaction doesn't think, uh, well, the betting market doesn't think they're going to be challenging for a playoff spot either. They're over under 79 and a half. Ooh. They had 81 mm. points last year. So they're saying even with Goudreau, they'll lose one more game. Yeah, you could won. bet the over and they would hit it and still fall short of last year. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's a tough one because I feel like Elvis Merzlikens will be better than he was last year. They allowed, the Blue Jackets uncharacteristically allowed a bananas amount of Well, it's because they had a different system and Torts wasn't there. And no Seth Jones anymore, am I right? Anyway, Hmm? we're excited to see Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine play together. That'll be fun. Yes. But you had to lose Bjorkstrand to do it. Yeah, they're they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. But What are the Blue Jackets really? What are they right now? Dormant, a dormant giant. They got uh, pieces, but the full puzzle hasn't been made yet. Well, when <laughs> it's funny, the Goudreau signing uh, in Columbus. Uh, I remember at the time the the narrative 
for the Blue Jackets is this is the sign of a new era in Columbus and players are going to now potentially flock to Columbus. It's a destination. And it also means the Flames are screwed and no one wants to be there. Mm -hmm. And both teams' fortunes completely flipped after that signing because the Flames were able to do a ton. And the Blue Jackets, who have a busy bee of a GM, Jarmo Kakalainen, is he's he's what, what do they call it? Itchy feet? He's got itchy feet. Mm -hmm. Loves moving around, making mm -hmm. moves. They did nothing. Did nothing. After getting Goudreau. Now, I, so I put like a little asterisk in my notes because uh, with Jarmo Kekalainen as GM, I have a difficult time believing the team they currently have is the team they'll go into the season with. And I also have a difficult time believing the team they currently have is the team they'll end the season with. Sure. I think they're going to try to make uh, big, significant moves. But if you kind of look at the roster, I think not rebuild, not tear it down. They're building. So I would say a little retool. And that build has to start around Ken Chance and Nicole Sillinger. Yes, it and does. And Jack Rock, Rock Roslovich, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, different age category, though, yeah. than, than those two. Mm. Ken Johnson's really good. Um, Boone Jenner is currently listed on LTIR. Mm -hmm. but, but he would slot in as their number one thing? Uh, yeah, it'd probably so. be Jenner and Goudreau and Line. Okay. And Voracek had a real good resurgent season last year. Mm -hmm. Roslovich showed a little bit more than I think people realize was there mm -hmm. there's i wouldn't say they're bad you know no, they're I mean? not gonna be an easy out yeah like there's there's teams you look at and you're like oh they're really uh they're tanking for bedard whereas the blue jackets i think are just sort of in the middle of a process toward what? getting better so and they're doing good things it doesn't necessarily mean they're good though i'm just curious guys though like a lot of the teams you look at and, and you have to look at it like what's the win for this season. Like you look at the Leafs, it's easy. Get to the second round, probably the third, right? Yeah. That's a that's a win for the Leafs. Mm -hmm. If you're the Avalanche, it's winning the cup again. If you're um if it's for you're the Arizona Coyotes, it's the race for the bottom along with the Chicago Blackhawks and a few other teams. Mm -hmm. What is a win for the Columbus Blue Jackets? Is it up more? Is it down more? What what are we hoping for here? As many playoff home dates as possible. And how do we get to the playoffs cuz I don't think they're getting there. Uh they're Young guys are really going to have to impress. We're talking Ken right. Johnston. We're talking, uh, did I say Johnston? Johnson. Sorry, the force of habit there, CJ. Uh, Ken Johnson and uh, also Yegor Chinnikov is, uh, so he, I think he has four goals already this preseason. We'll, we'll see how big of a factor he is for that team. Basically, the Blue Jackets need to show more on the ice than they do on paper, which is kind of good news for them because they often do. That's their thing. They kind of put together these teams on paper where you go, okay. <laughs> but then they end up uh, doing better than that. And hopefully they get a few more saves than they did last year. How do you win the lottery? You play. You got to buy a lottery ticket. And it seems like Columbus, they have a lot of lottery tickets. At least they're at least they've okay. joined the fight. They're in the fight. They might not win it, but they've joined the fight. They've bought a lottery ticket and they've given themselves a chance to try and do something this year. I tell you what, I hope they get Connor Bedard. <laughs> because they're doing it the honest way. Yeah. So it's a draft lottery. So if they miss the playoffs, you know, all these teams are tanking, they're trying to get better odds. No. Columbus Blue Jackets got the first overall pick for the first time since Rick Nash, and they did it while building. 
and all of a sudden, wham, yeah. playoffs next year. They, that would change their entire franchise. But they have a collection of <laughs> 19 through 21-year-olds who may be something, who may take another step and might do something and might give them a fighting chance at a playoff spot here. And I think that's their goal for for this season is to be in the fight. If you get down to March and February and Columbus is challenging for an eight seed in the Eastern Conference, that's a successful season for the Columbus Blue Jackets, in my opinion. Do you have their cap friendly up? I do. I'd be curious, uh, how much cap space do they have right now? They have in projected cap space one point four million. Yeah, They're that's right not a lot. It. That's not a ton. It's I wanted to see if they could be one of the teams because there are a lot of teams who need to find a way to get cap compliant by day one of the season. And I was wondering if Kekalainen would weaponize that. I just don't see him doing nothing. It's just so, not his style. I like Yarmo Kekalainen, but as a general manager, there are times where I feel like he's got unforced errors. There are times where I feel like, man that could have been handled better. Like you look at his late career, Mark McGuire, he either hits home runs or strikes out. Yeah. It feels that way. No walks, no walks, just never. Yeah. I'm either standing on first base or I'm sitting, sitting on the bench. Uh, or no, either way he's sitting on the bench. Yeah. Um, I think the, 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 there are times where I'm like, man, I'm blown away. Johnny Gaudreau is the perfect example. The trade he was able to get with Patrick Line has been fantastic. Um, you know, honestly, like Line needs to round out his game perhaps a little bit more. But I gotta say, like, you can't find players that score like that. You just cannot this find them. This is the year uh, the Line we all expected at the beginning of his career shows up. I think so too. I I completely agree with that. Whether they're good or not, I think he's going to be great. But w- one thing that I'm just still don't understand is Erica Branson. That Man, is an it, unforced error. What what does Eric Branson add at the term? And let me just look up the contract mm-hmm. here for you, okay? Wasn't it four times four? It's four times four. He is the second highest paid defenseman on this team. Mm-hmm. The, the immediate need for the Columbus Blue Jackets coming off of last season was that their defense was awful. They weren't, and we've talked, we talked about heavy teams in a previous uh, season preview. They were the lightest team of all teams. So Kekalainen went out and said, this is an exact thing I need right here is a giant man like Erica Branson to just stand there on the ice and be him. And I understand the methodol- methodology, what am I, what am I, Ideology? The, the thinking behind it. Yeah. I understand what he's trying to do. I don't agree with it. But I get it to an extent. I mean, but he doesn't make, Erica Branson doesn't make defenses better. The contract is a natural disaster. The player, I think it's more about Erica Branson, the person. Okay, and that's fair. Because he's a great guy. You ever, you ever look at a player and you look at their career earnings versus their career statistics or career anything, and you just go, that guy must be the best guy. He must be, he must have People the love him. funniest jokes, the best restaurant recommendations. I bet his house has the best snacks. Uh, I bet I just everything, fashion advice, dating advice, you name it. Eric Branson has it. Um, that's, that is what we would call a locker room signing, but that is not a $4 million defenseman. And that's not a $4 million for the next four years defense. I didn't get I it. I want to know who he was competing with for that number. Somebody was wanting to pay. That, that was a team that got bullied, so they got a bully to bully back. Chuck Fletcher. And, but what's the four, where does the $4 million come from? I don't know. I think Adam nailed it. That number. Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. Fletcher. Uh, maybe they went to the, uh, maybe it was Cliff Fletcher. Maybe as they offered him, 
the wrong guy, the wrong deal. Like, uh, <laughs> Jeff Finger and Kurt Sauer. If you've never heard that story, look it up. Um, I hope that's got to be a culture thing because it's or a getting beat up thing because he, but, it's just not the right value. But on the home run side, I really like Jake Bean. And that's where mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that he found value in Jake Bean. And so it's sort of like, I don't, he's, there's the two sides of Yarmo Kekalainen and I do not understand, but we've got no time left. Where do you put the Columbus Blue Jackets in the division, guys, out of eight? I like where they're going, despite that, seventh. Wow, seventh place. Okay, Jesse, where do you have them? I also have them in seventh place. Damn. Shout out uh, Nick Blankenberg for one of the best uh, names in it's hockey. It's a great, yeah. it's a great name. name. That's, yeah. that's former German aristocracy somewhere right? back there. Right? Blankenberg. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely. Name. I someone said his name recently, and I thought they were making a guy up. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, because it sounds like Johnny No Name. Like it's just because Blank is in it, right? Steve Blank. Yeah. I was like, oh, Blankenberg. By the way, I also have Columbus <laughs> at seven. <laughs> no, Steve. Tell us more. Wrap it up, baby. <laughs> you know, another thing about Blankenberg. The New Jersey Devils are interesting because if you ask their fans and their coach, they are going to make the playoffs. They had 63 points last year. The cutoff in the Metro Division to make the playoffs was 100. So you're talking about a 37-point swing. I want to know what the odds makers say, and then I want to know what you guys think. Sportsinteraction.com slash STPN. Jesse? 91 and a half. Uh, I'm going to hammer the under on that. Yeah. I'm going to slap slap it right in the face. Sports Interaction is losing it when it comes to the Metro. All right, Steve. You, You put your money on it. We'll see where you where you land in March, April. Jesse, what are you taking? Okay. I don't know. You're taking the under. Come on. You're we'll yeah, see. don't no. Oh, by the end of this discussion, by the end of this 10 minutes, we'll have something. Why am I 60 seconds into this segment and I still don't have an answer from you? Nobody wants offense. At center. the end of 10 minutes, after we have a conversation about the team, we'll see where we all okay. land. Okay. Well, listen. Jesse's got a we're, wedgie. We're here to talk about it like friends and see, just have a conversation about what we think the team will be. People would like me to okay. believe. And, and, I, and I've been the one on the show who's been hardest on the Devils because I think they stink. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, you want to tell me that this team's in for a 40-point improvement? I'm not sold. Listen, I'm open to it, but that would be the story of the year. Injuries <laughs> to goaltending was huge last year. I'm going to give you that. Vast amount of this team underperform. You got Vanacek, you got Blackwood. They're both going to be healthy. That's great. I, I think Hughes could take a huge step forward. If yep. Dougie Hamilton gets back to what Dougie Hamilton was in Carolina, fantastic. That's great. But I'm still not seeing how you beat out Washington, how you beat out Pittsburgh. You're definitely not going to beat Carolina and New York. Even the Islanders, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you had them head-to-head, Islanders, Islanders jersey right now, in a, in a playoff series for no reason. <laughs> in a playoff series, the Islanders win hands down. In a regular season series, uh-huh. we will see. Now, I they're fascinating because... It, the. Which player has come up the most? Who? What is the name that we have uttered the most over the season previews? Hughes? No. Nope. <laughs> oh, what, what do you mean? Connor Bedard. Oh. Ah. Yes. Yes. And here's why. So if the Devils are in a playoff spot come like Christmas, mm-hmm. then you forget about that name. You don't worry about that name. Right. 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 If things go off the rails 
or it's very obvious, like they're doing better, but they're not going to be in the playoff photo. Mm-hmm. I have four names for you. Okay. Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. Nico Heischer, mm-hmm. Andre Pilat, mm-hmm. Dawson Mercer. Mm-hmm. Why did I bring up those four names? Because they're all good. Yeah, they are. But they're the only four forwards the Devils have under contract after this year. Wow. Which wow. means they have a lot of expiring deals, which means like it's almost a shame that the Devils are poised to take a step forward this year because they could really have a fire sale if they wanted to. And if they wanted to enter the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, they could do it in a big way. So they might be leaving that door open, you're saying? They might be leaving that door open, but here's what really screws it up. Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood. Good goalies. They used... The, even if you're rolling your eyes right now and you're like, they're not that good, they used seven goalies last year. Oh, it, listen. Seven. There's no circumstance under which the Devils don't have a better goaltending performance this year. It... It would have to be, they'd have to use eight goalies. Like some of the names, some of the guys who played for them last year, people are, you know, like we talked about John Gillies uh, because he's with another team now. I can't yeah. remember. And we uh, rolled our eyes. with Arizona, I think. Oh, well, there you go. There's the backup goal. <clears throat> yeah. Rolled their, uh, we rolled our eyes. Half of the goalies they had shouldn't have been in the league. Mackenzie Blackwood, Nico Dawes, John Gillies, Jonathan Bernier, Andrew Hammond, Akira Schmid, and Scott Wedgwood. <laughs> Akira Schmid, I believe, was in a game against the Leafs and, and just got fed yeah. to the Wolves. Nico oh. Dawes shouldn't have been there. John Gillies shouldn't have been there. Andrew Hammond shouldn't have been there. The Hamburglar. Jonathan Bernier is the only one with a save percentage over 900. In fact, he's the only he's only one of three of them with a save percentage over 890. <clears throat> so here's four the- of the seven had save percentages under 890. So. Here are my notes, Adam, and they're similar to yours, but more dire. I'll read it word for word. Last year, everything went wrong. Had to use seven goalies. One of those goalies was above 900. Bernier with a 902 in 10 games. Nico Dawes and Mackenzie Blackwood played the same amount of games, leading the Devils with 25 games played. And somehow Dawes had the better save percentage, 893 versus 892. So not only are they going to have better goaltending luck in terms of health, mm-hmm. Blackwood is a better goalie than that. Yes, he is. 100% he's yep. a better goalie than that. Vitek Vanacek is a better goalie than that. Um, I think every year you want to use a maximum of two goalies, but you'll settle for three. And if the Devils do that, I could see... I mean, that's an automatic... Isn't that... T- that could be 10 points right there. I was going to say 15. Like, because they had, they had a number of games last year where the game was over before it began because they had guys who should not have been anywhere near the league playing for them. And that's not a shot at those guys. It's just like, what do you do? And in, under no circumstances should you ever be using seven guys. Well, and no team survives that. No, none. No NHL team is going to survive. I don't know if the lightning could. No, maybe. You, maybe. Um, <laughs> you I give Colorado an ECHL goalie. I'll show you a fun time. I'll tell you what I love about the Devils. It's an, the easy Seriously? one's Hughes, but I really like the Pilat pickup. He was yep. so great in the playoffs last year. He was my favorite player to watch, and 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 he's just a menacing, shitty guy to play against. He's going to get top-line minutes here, and he's going to show these guys. Maybe they don't get in the playoffs this year, but I don't see a reason why they can't get in in 23-24. Like, they've got an outside shot this year, sure, but I think in 23-24, the Devils will be a much, much better team, and I think that Pilat's going to be a, a huge part of teaching the other players how to win in the playoffs. And I, my question to you guys, though, is 
Not about Pilot. It's about Hughes. Mm-hmm. Which Can, one? Uh, the, Luke, Jack or Luke? <laughs> Jack Quinn? Hughes. Mm. Jack. No, Quinn's. He's on the other. Yeah, the Jack other Hughes. Let's talk about Vancouver for a second. Jack Hughes. Why not? Um, Jack Hughes. Mm. Is he a top twenty player in the NHL this season? Oh, boy, he's shown flashes, eh? He's Could he be? Shown flashes. Would you be surprised? And you, it's funny. You look at uh, Matt Barzal, who actually the day we're we're shooting this, he signed his what is it, nine point one five million dollar deal. Yep. Hughes is locked up to less than that. Oh, ho, ho. that deal. Even though he's barely played, the games he has played makes it look like he'll be worth that deal. The moment he laces up skates this season, I'm going to tell you this right now. You guys are underrating Jack Hughes. How could you underrating? How can you even question if he's a top twenty player? You should just you should. Say I got to yes. show it. You should say yes without blinking. The guy dislocated his shoulder and then put up uh, twenty six goals in uh, seventeen game in forty nine games. Sorry, seventeen would have been <laughs> wow. And that would have been insane. historic. Fifty six points in forty nine games as a twenty year old. Yep, this is an underrated player, and I think. All of those guys you named, Heischer, Severson, Hughes, Palat, you're underrating their, their talents, and they're going to lead this team to uh, hitting that over on Sports Interaction. Oh, get out of here. You know, and Andreas Janssen, when he was with the Leafs, there was a story that Justin Bourne told where he asked, uh, where Kyle Dubas asked Andreas Janssen, why can't you be Victor Arvidsson? I look at him, and I go, why can't you be Andre Palat? Uh, like, I mean, it's a little late in his career now, but from the beginning of his career, I thought they had similar skill sets. I'm interested to see the team learn from a guy who's been a monster for as long as Pilat has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I floated the Bedard theory just as a thing that could happen, but I think they fall. The Devils and the Blue Jackets fall into this territory of you're already on the way up. It's too late to, to sell everyone off. You just land where you land. If you contend for a playoff spot, great. If you don't, it is what it is. Hopefully, you improve. The if the Devils and the Blue Jackets are in the same kind of low category, the, uh, you have them there in the same little uh, tier of teams. The Devils sort of. have the more high end talent. Definitely. Yeah. I, so oh, yeah. so if if the if the Blue Jackets were the ninth seed in the in the Eastern Conference last year, I don't see why the Devils couldn't be in that eight nine spot again, or instead of the Blue Jackets. They have all the pieces. Every year we say the Devils are the next team, the surprising team. Oh, they bought this thing in the offseason. They could surprise. This is the year they're finally going to do it. Okay. They, they're, we, we talked about this a bit with the Atlantic. Running there, out of time. There are going to be points stolen from the top teams in the Metro, not because the teams in the Metro are bad, but because there was an unnatural chasm between the haves and the have-nots. Last yeah, so year. it won't be as big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Devils okay. are going to steal points. So where are the Devils going to be? I still have them sixth. I wish I could put like 5.5, maybe Mm 4.5. I'll believe it when I see it, and I won't be surprised if I see it. Jesse. I have them in fifth place. Watch out for Alexander Holtz, Mm. uh, the seventh overall pick from the 2020 draft. If he makes the team, he could be dynamic. And I have them fifth with a bullet. I think that they are the team that's going to replace Washington when Washington falls off, but it won't be this season. The Islanders. Have to be one of last year's biggest disappointments after so many seasons surprising you. Yeah, but they not went to anymore. the because they're gonna ride the wave. Nikita Soshnikov, baby, he's is back. he back? He's back in the league <laughs> oh, there you with go. sweet baby Lou. Ride the wave by Scott Wheeler's book. <laughs> so the Islanders, new coach, 
Uh, and we'll get into this in, in a little bit, but last year, only 84 points. Now, didn't they, they just, they had some bad luck. There was some bad luck there. I mean, the bad luck was they started, what was it, their first 15 games, games on, on the road? road. It was it's terrible. Awful. It's awful. And they, they never got it back. Um, well, they did, uh, but it was way too late. Jesse, what are the odds on the Islanders here? Because 84 points, we all had them in the playoffs last year. Mm hmm. They didn't uh, make it. Right now, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. 93 and a half. They're yeah. over under on the regular season points. Do you guys have them as a 94-point oh, team? That's a tricky one. But yeah. if you consider, that still puts them out of the playoffs. And if they won, if they had half of those games at home at the beginning of the season, why couldn't they have gotten 93 points? I could see that. It's a risk to go over or under. Like, can there's I, an argument to be made for both. Can I give you guys a number? About the Islanders Please. season last year? Give me. Sorokin, Vesna candidate, he went 26, 18, and 8. Wow. Can you believe that? That's pretty good. This was, this was an awful team uh, by all metrics, like looking on the outside. He was uh, good eight line. games over 500. Hockeyreference.com uh, always has this, and I always love them for it. He was sixth in Vesna voting. One behind Andre Vasilevsky, and he even got a first place vote. I think rightfully so. I thought he should have been higher than that. Given that stat line. It was it was Shesterkin, Markstrom, Saros, Anderson, Vasilevsky, then Sorokin. Interesting. Ah, I guess. He was one of only four goalies to get a first place vote. So you start there, it's pretty good. But here are the changes. And and here's how the Islanders offseason went. Okay. Barry Trotz gone. Barry Trotz, who came off a Stanley Cup and then did two Eastern Conference finals in a row, I believe. Or one Eastern and one, uh, like, he, they went <laughs> one, deep. They played five. Whatever it was. Yeah, whatever yeah. it was, they did, they did a lot under Barry. They couldn't get Kadri signed. Mm -hmm. Lou scuttled the JT Miller trade with Vancouver after it leaked because the Islanders and Vancouver, by the way, again, you could be forgiven for forgetting this, had a deal in place. The deal was leaked. Lou said, we're not doing it. And Matt Barzell was up for a huge extension, now been signed to it for eight years, nine million apiece. Thank you for doing that. Like earlier today. Yeah, it was nice. Way, that it, was, like it happened an hour ago. It very, it's amazing that it's very it's kind of this recording. Thank you, so, Mr. Lamorello and you, Matthew. You could argue that this team overperformed for a couple of seasons, but then if they're overperforming for a couple of seasons, is that overperforming or is that just what they are? Clearly last year they underperformed, but you've got amazing pieces. And I want to start with Ryan Pollock. Oh, man. That's a dude. Their decor is still really good. Really, really good. Um, I, don't I know. think they're they're a team. You don't think so, Jess? Really? I, what, okay, they, got, they got Noah Dobson, Pelic, Pelic, Alex Alex Romanov. Who, man, yeah, he, Romanov. I think Romanov's going to do Ro do well with a bunch Robin of better defense. Salo. Yeah, but who's who's their third? Scott Mayfield. Okay, their top four they're is better good. than these. That's good though. <laughs> Pelic and Pollock are good. The Pell and Pole. This is a team that won a bunch of games when their goaltending was a nine twenty five, and outside of that, they were awful. Yeah, I they're, they're going to get that, though. Oh, oh, maybe. Definitely. All right, so let's cross our fingers. We get more. We get 52 games in 925, and in those games, we'll go eight games above 500. Well, they're and, then gonna the get rest of, and then the rest of it, we're going to shit the bed and then oh. not make the playoffs. Sorokin's the, the truth, and Varlamov pieces. still has it. Yes, Varlamov still has it. There's not enough pieces. Actually, that's one of the better goaltending tandems in the league. Yeah, man. You're completely... The Islanders are going to be the Islandersiest. And they're gonna goaltend the shit. That's how Lou's always built his teams. Broder. Yeah, and with uh, who is it? Lane Lambert is the new head yes, coach yeah. instead of who was uh, the assistant captain or coach? Sorry. Barry Trotz. Yep. I, th I think they'll have a uh, more 
offensive slant and they're I, I just don't I don't see how you can be one of the worst defensive teams in the division the way they're built. I just don't see it. Now, I understand the pessimism in the fan base because you expect this, you expect that, and it never happened. And welcome to being a Leaf fan 10 years ago. But I just think even Islanders fans are forgetting how good this team was. Yes. Like two years ago. And, and I like this. Not even. Okay, let's go to the centers here. Brock Nelson, Matt Barzell, J.G. Paggio. Those are your first top three centers. It's good. That's really good. It's good. It's really good. It's, Jesse's I laughing say, at us. You're not a believer. <laughs> top of the middle of the pack. I would say you have, you, have, you have one really, really dynamic center. You got a great 2B, and then you got a third line center. You can't have bloody everything, man. They, they you, got, can't, you gotta have something. They JG do. Where, is a great the, defensive where's center. The, where's the dynamic winger to make up for that and get some scores? Well, Anders Lee had a great year last year. Anthony Bovillier still got it. They I mean, listen, a lot of injuries last year. Josh Bailey and I like Barzell and Bailey together, right? When they play, mm-hmm. Bailey still got it. Palmieri, I'm not as sold on. People love him. He really, he was one of the guys more affected by the bad start. I'm taking yeah. the team as what they were at face value last season, and then I see an off season where the general manager decided to do nothing. And, well, he won a cadre. And, and, and he won a cadre, and he he lost every single negotiation and trade he tried to do. That's what I saw. That's what I saw the New York Islanders. So I have no faith in them doing anything. Are you saying? Why Lou are you so mad? If, if, Lou, if this gets back to Lou, you know how much trouble you're in. I'm not scared. I'm not scared of you, Lou. You're like people ask who the hockey gods are. It's Lou Lamorella. You're gonna Don't piss him off. Into a fist fight with the guy who screamed at John Tavares through the penalty box. <laughs> Wait, who screamed at what? John Tavares? You never saw that? Who? The Islanders fan who used to said you're a fake and a phony and I wish I never laid eyes on you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, hey, you never saw that guy? <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. Did you bring up <laughs> Did you bring up John Tavares? Yeah. Oh. Did you bring up John Tavares and the New York Islanders? Oh, also a negotiation that Lou Lamorello lost. Whoa. Oh, that's crazy. All right. you know it's what? crazy. Okay, he did no. nothing to improve Here, the team. Let's continue the discussion. Revoke uh, Lou's Hall of Fame uh, <laughs> place in the Hall of Fame. They still have some cap space. Uh, teams are going to look to unload. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. And <laughs> that was great. Why do you hate the New York Islanders tell so me what, much? Tell me, what they, is, tell, me what they, tell me what they did to improve. This besides. is a really good team, Nate. All they that, need to do is play at home. All they have to do is play in their brand new gorgeous arena. List off the Ride things. the wave. List off. All of the things they did to improve besides be good two years ago. Number one, Nikita. Number two, <laughs> Alex Romanov. Soshnikov. <laughs> oh, yeah. Number three, oh, Alex yeah. Romanov. Number four, Nikita Soshnikov. Oh, when no, when was the, Bergevin ever wrong, Jesse? All those signings. He's right about everyone. All those trades and signings that Lou made this offseason were 10 out of 10. Okay, but all of them. You're a piece it, of shit. All of them if are you watched, If you watched the Islanders oh, play God. last year, it was very clear that the trot style, which had worked, didn't work anymore. It was stifling offense. Lane Lambert's going to play a more open style. These guys are used to playing defense, so you know that all of them can and will and will be responsible. And Lane Lambert's going to hold them to account for that, but he's going to let the Barzals be the Barzals. Don't know if they're going to let him on the team just yet. Matt Barzal? No. Atu Ratu. Oh, one of my the best favorite names. Atu Ratu, I believe that's ah. how you say it. Uh, but... You know, the most vocal uh, nationality who listens to the show when we fuck up a name, the Finns. Well, so let me know. Let me know. I hope I didn't. And I, I appreciate that. They also need to appreciate that Finnish is the most different language. <laughs> they know. 
They know. Okay. Um, they know. That's why they're so willing to help. Okay. <laughs> Ketos for that. Um, That's thank you. What What does a coaching change do for a player like Matt Barzal? <laughs> Let him play. <laughs> like, I just... Because we need to find out what he is, right? He is... Fully. He was, he was always a bit of a unicorn on the Islanders mm-hmm. and never... It's hard to say he was a bad fit because he played wonderfully for the Islanders, but he's a high flyer, right? Like he's a high octane player Mm -hmm. and they played more of a grinding bang and crash style scoring goals, you know, with Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck and the, what is it? What is it? The identity line? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bovillier, now it's, Brock uh, Nelson and Anders Lee. Honestly, it's, it's looking more like the retirement home line at this point with those guys. Like, I mean, that's an old line. It's a bit of a, it's a bit tough, but then you see Parzot going, and you, you oh, yeah. just, he was, he was such a, a unicorn on that team. I hope it frees him up. Here's my thing with Barzal. His first year was amazing. And that's how everybody's judged him since. But since then he has never had a 20 goal scoring year. And he has never had more than 62 points. Market money in the bank. He will this year. Okay. 30 seconds to go. Gentlemen, where do we have the New York Islanders? Uh, Fifth. You have them fifth. They might make it. Okay. They might make it. Jesse Blake, where do you have the New York Islanders? I have them sixth in the division. And I hope for the sake of Islanders fans that a coaching change and no signings makes the team magically better as they were two years ago. I genuinely considered fourth. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I considered fifth, but I had to give it to Jersey because I think Jack Hughes is taking a big step forward. I think the Islanders' goaltending is really good. I think they could sneak into a wild card, but based on how they played last year, I can't have them higher than sixth. All that fucking humming and hawing, and we're in the same lane. Lou is going to... Jesus! Listen, I'm not hanging out near your house for the next, like, two weeks. The New York Rangers are bad. The Jesse Blake pick to win the Stanley (laughs) Cup. But do they have enough to be your pick? 110 points last year. Jesse, sports interaction odds. What do we have them at? Hammer the over 99 and a half. Oh, hammer the over. I'll take the over there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So they had an incredible run. They came up short against a still very good lightning team who are still very good this year. But great series, especially against Carolina. Um, My concern here and i think a lot of people have pointed this out because when you look at a team like the rangers it's very hard to be like man 110 points there sure are a lot of glaring weaknesses there mm-hmm. they did rely heavily on igor shesterkin mm-hmm. who was incredible and he had to do most of the heavy lifting and one of the things that i keep seeing pop up and i think this is a valid point is how many times can a goalie do that in a row and this is where we're going to find out whether igor shesterkin is a hall of famer talent which we already think he is or if he's one of the pantheon of best goalies of all time if he's on that track because if he's on that track he has another year like he did last year remember he's still like 24 how did the rangers just seamlessly transition from henrik lundquist to eager to start because of the rangers yeah it's, it's not really, fair it's really not fair and now he's backed up by not one but two alan walsh clients so that's incredible who are they they are yaroslav halak who i think is far and away the oldest player on the team at 37 ryan reeves is 35 and uh, uh, Louis Domingue uh, is the oh, third goalie. the King Domingue. The King Domingue. I believe he just cleared and uh, is going to be in Hartford. Um, we talked about this a bit with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, sometimes you just need a younger guy to take a step. Um, we talked about Cockney We talked about Natchez. We talked about Seth Jarvis. With the Hurricanes, I feel like there's a little bit more hoping. Like, oh, I hope there's more there. 
with the guys the Rangers have, it's there. Lafreniere, Kako, Kittle. I think they're going to have Kravtsov this time around. Mm-hmm. And on the back end, Keandre Miller. Who's looking better and better. so good. But- and, and all their guys are prime. They're prime or entering prime. Mm-hmm. They're really in a sweet spot of development. But don't you need Lafreniere and Kako and Heedle to be more than half a point of game players? Yeah. Because that's what they yeah. are. Yeah. And they will be. And they will be. But that's why you have Zabanajad. And that's why you have Kreider. And that's why you have Panarin. And that's Capo why. Capo Kako. Cap. What? <laughs> Stop it. That's who I mentioned. Capo Cac was You're not there. <laughs> All right, Jesse. They are your pick to win the Stanley Cup this year. A, lo- a lot of people think you're crazy for that. No, you, you, Steve, you said it. You have, a, you have a bunch of young players who are entering their prime as the older players are already in their prime and are some of the best players in the National Hockey League. The list of names you just named them. There are no flaw. There are no holes in the lineup on paper. Like who knows if injuries happen? Um, God forbid. Like it's one of their top stars goes down, you got to have somebody fill it in. But you have here a team where it's the perfect mesh of go for it because everything is happening at the exact same time. People are peaking and the young players are getting ready to peak. And then you add all that to the best goaltender in the National Hockey League. It seems unfair. And you're also forgetting about Vinny. If you can't beat him, join him, Trojack. Right? My favorite signing of the offseason. Him and Pilat. Love it's, this. It's, it's really good. And you, you can be pretty confident in the Rangers evaluating what they need up the middle mm-hmm. because Andrew Kopp was unreal for them. If they were able to get that done, shut the Metro down. Yeah. I, I probably would have had them first if they were able to get Kopp done. And maybe I should have anyway. Mm-hmm. And Frank Frank uh, Vetrano left as well. He was a big piece of their playoff run. Just just Vinny and Frank kicking it in New York the way it should be. Um, I, I do have some questions. I do have some questions. Chris Kreider scored at a rate we've never seen before. Yeah. Like he was up there in the top three, sometimes I think top two. Probably, I think at one point he was leading scoring. 40 is reasonable. Is it? I think it's reasonable with to the, With the uptick in NHL scoring? But he had 52. He had 52, like he just pulled that out of his hat like a rabbit. Yeah, and people have those types of seasons. They do, and maybe he's got another one. But, you know, we, we it's been a theme in some of these videos. We talked about the uptick in scoring. Like, his was egregious. Mm-hmm. His, like, every time he touched the puck, I wonder how many, how many, I would love to know how many goals he scored with a stick. Because <laughs> the way the way that guy hammers the net, like yeah. it, he must have had a bunch go off his skate, his ass. The the line combinations, I think, is going to be one of the more interesting things. It's usually not a hot button issue, but if if they break up the kid line and they have Lafreniere up there with Kreider and Zabinajad, like who knows what type of scoring that opens up for those two wingers? Like maybe Kreider continues this crazy hot streak because he's playing with this new young talent in Lafreniere and Lafreniere kickstarts his, his superstar career uh, because he's playing with those two, those two stars. Like it's, it's fascinating. And we haven't even spoken about Adam Fox. Who's probably top three. Yeah. We do need to get to the defense here. Well, cause what I was going to bring up, you want to do defense first? No, no, you go. Well, cause there's, we're talking about the regular season and how they're going to do in the regular season. I think one of the potential winners of the trade deadline, like seeing into the future is going to end up being the New York Rangers because they have their own first round pick and the Dallas Stars just handed them another first for Nils Lundqvist. 
who, you know, you could argue, well, maybe the Rangers should have kept that young man, or maybe they could have traded him at the deadline. Well, they didn't. And they got a first round pick from a team that's not even guaranteed to make the playoffs. That is an enormous victory. And in a few months, it's going to be extremely valuable for that team. Absolutely. Now let's Such talk about the, uh, the defense there. Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox, Jacob Trupa, K. Andre Miller, Levar Hajek, and Braden Schneider. They project to be the top six. Um, Adam Fox, I got Zach in Jones too. in there. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, Adam Fox <laughs> is obvious. Um, Jake Trupa, the captain. Now the captain. Now the captain. Slots in behind him. My questions are a little bit more Lindgren and K. Andre Miller. Not because K. Andre Miller doesn't have the talent, uh, but I still feel like we need to see some more. This is, is this the breakout season for him? I mean, defensemen aren't supposed to age as well and as quickly as Keandre Miller and Adam Fox have. Right. It's not supposed to happen that quickly, yeah. Yeah, and they've had a few guys who's, you know, based on their fancies, have gotten caved in. Um, but again, I'm not as concerned about them because they got Igor Shesterkin behind them. You just got to move the puck. Yeah. Move the puck up and... There are some teams who, you know, they quote unquote rely on goaltending who are screwed if their goaltender gets hurt. I mean, the Rangers will not be as good if Igor Shesterkin gets hurt. Like, I have faith in Halak. I have, you know, faith in Deming for, you know, periods of time. But the Rangers score well enough that I think even if Shesterkin gets hurt, they should probably get into the playoffs uncomfortably. But. They'll get there. Okay. The most fun thing about that decor that you listed, who's the oldest one? Oh, God. That's a good question. Truba? I don't know the name. Jake Truba is the oldest He's 28? He's 28. That's so dumb. And everybody else is under Fox 24. Fox is 24. Lindgren's 24. Zach Jones is 21. Keandre Miller's 22. Schneider's 21. It's a ridiculous young defensive uh, core there. Shesterkin has, a three, has three years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the current window as I see it. $5.6 million. Yeah. That's a, that's a double-digit number at the end of it in 25-26. It, it could obviously extend, but that... Oh, man. They have moves to make during the time that they have that... How much does he make? 5.6. That's... Bullshit! Who the hell is his agent? <laughs> oh, my God. If you flip the 5 and the 6, it would still be a sweetheart deal. Who is your agent, sir? Your point about the draft pick is such a good one. It's a good one. Because it's just a free draft pick that they can just go and buy whatever they want at the trade deadline and add to this team. And it's, and it's, I feel like a first rounder is more valuable than Nils Lundqvist. Now, and I I say that not knowing what Lundqvist is going to turn into. He could be amazing for the Dallas Stars and that first round pick could turn into garbage. I'm saying on the, on the market, not every team might like Nils Lundqvist, but they like, every team likes their imagination. Okay. let's And that's what a first rounder is. Yes, that is true. Okay. So let's get into it. Guys, where do you have them in the division? Uh, I'm regretting it a little, but I'm going <laughs> to keep it second. You're regretting it. I'm gonna, I, w- I wish I could. Jesse got to you. 1.5. It's hard to say a negative word about the Rangers. It is. Yeah. Like where, I don't know which areas we're poking at to be like, ah, oh, no, there's the flaws. They're first in the division for me. And they are second for me. Perfect. Oh, good. Then I'm right. The Philadelphia Flyers. Here, Jesse, can you read my first note for the Flyers? Uh, Steve Dango wrote, oof. Yeah, that's basically, that's all I got. 61 points last year. 
That much. And it's hard to imagine it gets better this year. But what do the odds makers have them at, Jesse, in sports interaction? 73 and a half. That's a big swing. Uh, it's hard to be worse than 61. Yeah. I could see them. I could see them finishing last in the division and still beating that. Right. Like this this isn't a lot of points. It's at historically all. low. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, like okay, so they're not gonna be good. So, right. so here's the thing, okay? A coach can change these things. And and Torts, Tortorella, the new coach, mm-hmm. is the kind of guy who we know that can take low skill teams mm-hmm. and turn them into low skill teams that perform better than expectation, right? We saw it with Columbus for years. He was able to take a team that wasn't that great on paper, and each year they would squeak into the playoffs. Whenever my wife buys rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, she has me pick it because she knows I'll get more meat off the bones than she will. That's what it's. That's what it is. You know. Is that what, what it I is? Mean? What the frig are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm John. Tor- I'm the John Tortorella of chicken. No, I want chicken. Um, is I th- there more upstairs? chicken yeah okay can we just can we get to the back to the philadelphia players you've got no ellis no ryan ellis again this year yeah you made a weird trade for tony d'angelo which prevented you it was really good very likely from getting johnny gaudreau what a travesty and towards the new coach is ready to address the character issues that he willingly admits are there and they will not name a captain what is a win for the flyers this season this is we talked about teams that could tear it down. We talked about teams that are on their way up. The Flyers are, I would say this is rock bottom. They're at evaluation. So, so we like, don't know. We're just seeing what we have. Uh, That's good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, they just traded, what was it, three picks for D'Angelo? So they're, they haven't torn it down yet. I think there's still, there's still some delusions about how good this team is internally. You're giving them too much credit. You're giving them a lot. I think Chuck Fletcher thinks the team is decent. Do you? Dude, they're really nice. Look at the moves he's been making. I think he thinks there's something there, and in reality, there's nothing, but I I don't think Chuck Fletcher is committed to a rebuild here. Here's why I say they're in an evaluation stage. We're going to ignore RFAs and guys on league min deals. Here are their UFAs. JVR, who they offered everyone and no one wanted. Travis Zanheim and Justin Braun. Everybody else is locked up. Like, if you're rebuilding, you want a windfall. Jesse, what am I seeing under their... Oh, they do have their own first. They Mm -hmm. do have their own first. Because the Florida pick they got for Giroux is for next year. (laughs) But they don't have a second for each of the next two years. Because uh, one of them was for Tony D'Angelo, and the other was for Rasmus Ristolainen, <laughs> who is taller in Finnish. I, it, like, this segment's a mess, because the team's a mess. It's hard to know. And I'm hungry. What, what, yeah, well, but what thread is there to follow with the Philadelphia Flyers? And that's why I started off with what is a win. Is it getting the team back together and going one direction? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a win. That's Get Tortorella hockey, which I think is Flyers hockey. Yeah. I think Tortorella coaches the style that the Flyers uh, and Flyers fans play. can love this guy. You have Cam Atkinson, who's the perfect um, preacher of the gospel of uh, John Tortorella. Um, Sean Couturier coming back is genuinely lovely news. 
mm-hmm. for him in the hockey world and for the team um, who desperately needs good news. Carter Hart. <sighs> He's got no choice but to be the guy we all thought he was going to be at the beginning of his career. He's got no choice. Um, like, and this isn't even a flyers issue. Like, I don't think anyone has ever had to write something like this in their notes before, but I put Felix Sandstrom is their backup because Putin is a monster. Oh, because the goalie, uh, Ivan Fedotov, Ivan Fedotov. Yeah. Ivan in, who I now they somewhere signed the, to a contract and I believe he was going to be their backup or at very least third. And now he's God knows where, um, Carter Hart has the Flyers have no choice. Like they might be picking off the waiver wire here. Um, I don't know. Do you think Carter Hart has this? Is he actually good? It's there. We've seen it. We've, we've seen, seen it. But he's it. Had injuries. We've seen it once and a half. We saw yeah. it in the bubble season, a great playoffs, and then his rookie year where he's 31 games. If I remember correctly, he was borderline unusable the first half last year. And then very respectable the second half. Yes. If I remember correct. So it's there, but it's got to be there for 55 games. Like he's got to play a lot. He's got to play a lot for the Flyers to even sort of be in any sort of conversation. Now, goaltending is a weird position because, you know, we talked about the Connor Bedard sweepstakes and Mm -hmm. I fully expect the Flyers to be involved. But sometimes if a team is like games are over before they begin in net they'll go out and they'll make a move just to be sort of respectable i could see the flyers potentially doing that and i mean carter hart is also how old is he jesse carter hart is 24 years old he's 24 and he's already played like what is this his fifth season fourth fifth yeah, his rookie year was the 18-19 season. And his development was interrupted by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Two years there. So, I mean, oh boy. Ron Hextall was right. Maybe it was for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, the Flyers kind of need to protect this kid. And they're giving him Felix Sandstrom. Maybe Not Felix great. Sandstrom ends up being great. I think I don't think the general managing has been good there. Well, the I mean life. that's like yeah. I don't. Yeah. Is, that's not a hot take. Like on March twenty first, they re-signed uh, Rasmus Ristolainen for five years or four years. Like what? What's going on? Well, I, I, the other thing I want to say, and and I've tried to keep it away from you know I try to keep it to coaches and players when we do these sure. right. But there's, un, I think, Jesse, you, you nailed it. There's an unquestionable issue with general manager here. Yes. Because we are asking what the Flyers are. We can't ask the players, and we could sort of ask the coach, but really what you need to ask is the ownership who continue to employ Chuck Fletcher. What is the goal? When he sits down with the Snyder family, what does he say? When he puts together a PowerPoint presentation, what slides does he say? This is the direction. Because I know Kyle Davidson sits down with the Wirtz family and goes, we're going to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's uh, a clear I, direction. Yes, for sure. And it's going to be painful in Chicago, but then it won't be painful anymore. Um, I know that when Kyle Dubas sits down with the board of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, the Rogers family, the Bell people, uh, Larry Tannenbaum, he's like, we're going for the cup. Mm-hmm. even though we can't get out of the first round. Here's how we're going to do it. But they're trying. What does Chuck Fletcher say in the meeting with the Snyder family? 
I think whatever they want to hear. And you what do at, they want to hear? I don't know. What do they want to hear? No, yeah. I said this when he was hired. He is a career yes man to whoever the owner is. And that's what he's doing in Philly. And it's ruined the team. And you look Can at I the team. Can I be any more blunt? Like, and there's no answers when you even look at the roster. Like we can't even guess what direction he's trying know. to do. Because it's just such no, a mismatch. Forget everything you know about Tony D'Angelo. The fact that they added shows that they don't know what they are. They don't know what they are. Uh, that trade is, it just shows how completely rudderless, uh, the team is. So here Flyers fans, you're like, all right, uncle, I've heard enough of this shit. Let me give you some optimism. Give me a, give me a W. So I remember years ago talking about, remember, remember there was a time where the Tom Wilson contract when he signed it looked like a piece of shit. Yeah. One minute, by the way. One thing I talked about is what if the new market inefficiency is big, tough guys? Because it used to be that's the entire league. Yep. Then the market inefficiency became Alex DeBrincat. Then the whole league tried to get the new Alex DeBrincat. Yep. They tried to get the new little guy who could score a ton of goals. Can the Flyers bully their way to wins this year? They've at very least put themselves in a position to try to do that. They've gotten bigger. They've gotten meaner. It's on the ice and behind the bench. That's the only way they're going to win games this year. There you go. Where do you have them? Ted last in the Metro. Jesse Blake. <laughs> I got them eighth as well. That's nicer than saying dead last, but it's the same. Eighth, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's going to be a year full of good quotes from John Tortorella, but it's not going to be a you know, good year on the ice. And you're right. I think Torts will probably take uh, the lion's share of the attention in Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah. right? On He's purpose. very good at that. He yeah. says, oh, I'm going to keep making a distraction so my players can do what they want. You yeah, know? absolutely. I give him until, I'm going to say the all-star break before he completely snaps. Wrapping it up, I got it at eighth as well. No surprise. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Lightning, after their 2021 Stanley Cup, Steve, you mentioned this uh, earlier in one of our other previews, they had last day at school yes. etched into the Stanley Cup ring. It feels like that's the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. That's funny. That's what I thought. When okay. I started writing my notes, I don't think that anymore. So hold on to that thought. Okay. Jesse, odds makers, they had 103 points last season. The Pittsburgh Penguins, if you bet against them, you're you're looking for trouble. A hundred and one point five on wow. Sports Interaction is their over under point. You got you got to remember too the have and have not in the Metro Division last year was huge, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. So I, I can see some points being shaved mm -hmm. off of teams like Pittsburgh, even New York and Carolina. Yeah, you can finish it in the same slot just with ten less points sure. because the bottom teams got a little better. Because <laughs> Washington had a hundred and barely squeaked in. <laughs> right, that's one I might stay away from. Washington, uh, that's, they that's didn't. A tough one. You wouldn't take that one at all. Uh, they didn't barely squeak in. Uh, remember the eighth in the seed in the East was solved by like February. Oh, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And the Islanders were like, we're in it. And they were like, oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. I'm an idiot. Anyway, listen. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Penguins. Let's talk about the Penguins, Steve. Sidney Crosby. It felt like maybe the last dance a little bit. Malkin didn't look like it was going to get done. Latang, they, they got him done. And then they got Malkin done. And it was kind of like Sidney Crosby, I think, had to put in a call to Evgeny Malkin to get him to talk to Ron Hextall and Brian Burke again. Gino, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's still great when he's playing. But didn't both of those guys sign four-year deals? I think so. Malkin and Latang. Yes. So this isn't last dance. This uh -uh. is last half decade. Um, like the rumors of the Pittsburgh Penguins demise have been greatly exaggerated. And 
the the they have a very unique window, and the window is Sidney Crosby's career. The moment his career is over, that window closes, and then they rebuild. For as long as he is living, breathing, and under NHL contract, they're going for it. And he'll be under NHL contract until his body gives up. Yep. Man, he might be the most underrated player in the league. I'm serious. Isn't that funny? Yeah, he might be the most underrated because people forget who the hell he is. I got him in fantasy this year in a, in a, in a league with eight guys in the third round. Third round! Wow. Explain that. That's he had over 100 points. His name is Sidney J. Crosby. I don't know his middle name. Q. Sidney Cool Harbor Crosby. Cool Harbor. Yeah. There More you like go. Swole Harbor because <laughs> uh, he was custom made. Letang, by the way, is signed for six years. Okay, that's maybe aggressive. Well, I that think is... that was to keep the term down, right? So they'd have a shot at not. I would love to see the breakdown because I think that is some shenaniganery. Not Brian Burke. No, it's pretty even. It's not really shenanigans on the Latang deal. It's just it's he's probably not going to play it out. You know, it's one of those where he'll go on LTIR when uh, he hits thirty nine and uh, he's no longer playing. Crosby's done anyways. I was but about to say. this is a team that's going to be good as long as they decide they're going to be good. As long as Sidney Crosby, Chris Latang, and Yevgeny Malkin decide that this team is going to be good and we're going to try really hard and we got a great goaltender in Tristan Jari, it's a good team. Do we do we decide that the usual rules don't apply to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Because like we look at a team like San Jose a few years ago and they were old by design. Mm-hmm. They meant to be that way. And that ended up getting them to the third round, ended up even getting them to the Stanley Cup final against Pittsburgh Penguins 2016. And then they they fell off so freaking hard. Where is Pittsburgh in that equation? And does that equation apply to them? Because they're old by design. Sidney Crosby is well on the wrong side of 30. So was Malkin. So was Latang. People forget Malkin was drafted the year before Crosby because he made his debut the year after Crosby. Dude, that's an old team that I love and can't bet against because they're the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who did they buy this offseason to add to that core? Uh, I know they have Jeff Carter, but he's been there a while. Who no. do they add to the core? Oh, my God. Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie. Yes. Yeah. An elder statesman. It's funny. I forgot <laughs> him for the second time today yeah, because that, that, I was making my notes. And, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of mm-hmm. grumpy old men looking and, for a cup. The team is old. Hit me again. <laughs> and they're going to be good. <laughs> like, the thing is, we, we see all these all these old guys, but they're going to be good. You remember last year, they didn't have Malkin until January. Yep. And they stayed in it. Uh, Tristan Jerry had a great start to the year. And the team was, they didn't have Crosby as well for the first, I think, seven games. Yeah, and Evan Rodriguez decided- was their number one setter. And was good. And then they made him the third line center and he wasn't good anymore. Right. I don't understand this team. <laughs> um, also, a couple, like a resurgent Ricard Raquel had his best season mm-hmm. in years with Pittsburgh last mm-hmm. year. And Danton Heinen, uh, um, what I understand yeah, is he's having a really good camp. So uh, that might be one to watch. I don't know. Uh, You're not a believer. No, it's just I always am bashful about that. Like, aren't the least 
Two, aren't the Leafs two best players, Nick Robertson and Dennis Mulligan? And Al- Alex Steves, how dare you? And Alex Steves. Yeah. Okay, well, I got news for you. I, I, If all three of those guys make the team, I will eat a hat. <laughs> Don't say that on air because you're going to be I will eat a hat. hat. You heard it. An edible hat made of licorice. You know, licorice. like injuries yeah. happen. Like it, <laughs> There's a world where they're on the team. No, you can make a hat out of anything. They also... Okay. You can they, make a hat out of food. A donut hat. They also Whoa. signed somebody with some Stanley Cup pedigree. Like they need it. Who is a... <laughs> who do you think? He's a... It's not Phil Kessel. Noted. Um, Alan Walsh client? Oh! No. Who'd let, they get? Let him guess. Get, let oh, him guess. Oh! Uh, Yen Ruda. Yes! Yan Ruta, baby. I almost said David Perron. Uh, no, that would have been bad. But you know, like, the, and I, I so I look at their defense: Dumoulin, Latang, Pedersen, Petrie, Ruta, Ruedel. You don't hate that? There's nothing wrong with the team. No, nothing wrong with the team. And then on, in goal, and I think not enough attention is paid to Tristan Jari is a top player. Yep. Until the occasional thing where he's not. Yeah, I think he's he's one of those goalies who would uh, be best served by being a goalie. Stop <laughs> leaving your crease. If ever. you're a goaltender, tend the goal. Yeah, there's we're dealing with that in Toronto with Elias Samsonov. Stay in your freaking net. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, really, really, really good player. And if he could just avoid those squirrely games, I mean, that's a really, really difficult team to beat. Um. Is there? Oh, sorry, Jesse. Mike Sullivan, one of the most underrated coaches in the Man. entire national. He's been Hockey the coach League. there forever now, forever. But like again, with the Pittsburgh Penguins, there's a guy who has set such a high standard that when he achieves the standard, everyone's just like, "Yeah, okay, good job." <laughs> yeah, that, like, that's, that's Crosby. That's Malkin. Yeah. That's Latang. That's so okay. So here's what we got for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay, so they are old. Mm-hmm. They are a extremely tough out. Mm-hmm. If if the season goes perfectly, what things have happened? <laughs> I'm just talking regular season. I'm not talking playoffs. They have they have at least one of Crosby or Malkin in the lineup at all times, but never both. <laughs> never both. <laughs> but it's never like that, is it? No, it's never both. Yeah, it's never like that, is it? Um, a one, two, three of. Crosby, Malkin, Jeff Carter would be like an NHL. I'm gonna, I'm gonna NHL say, 2011 dream team. Yeah, dream team, just <laughs> unbeatable. Like they've been so good, all three of them for so long. And now all yeah. three of them are underrated. Yeah, all three. I mean, Jeff Carter might just be Jeff Carter. I think he's pretty accurate. I don't know if he's underrated. The third line there. Yeah, but maybe and like we're, we're not we haven't even brought I mean, up he's 45 points last year not bad gensel and rust on the wings like they're always going to show up yes. and try for Playoff, the, the, try for those guys so big hit by losing zach aston Reese. yeah <laughs> especially to the greatest team on earth <laughs> question quickly because then we'll have to wrap it up if things go bad what's happened uh, their uh starting center plays in the echl right because they've been decimated by injuries yeah like i just can you see the Pittsburgh Penguins missing the playoffs? I can't. The no. only time they've missed the playoffs in Sidney Crosby's career is shenanigans because it was the qualifying round against Montreal. Right. That's shenanigans. That is shenanigans. Flag on the play, shenanigans. Uh, I, I count it as the playoffs. Go look at uh, their playoff stats. Still counts. Absolutely. Um, oh. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, rumors of their demise greatly exaggerated. The one thing that sucks if you're a Pittsburgh Penguins fan 
is almost guaranteed you're going to have to play Carolina or New York Rangers probably in the first round. You yep. got to count on experience at that point. They you have all, to count on your didn't work last Almost time. had it last time. Almost. Yeah. Almost. They were in all of those games. 20 seconds to go. With Gentlemen. a third string goalie too. Yeah. 20 seconds to go. Mm. Where do you have Pittsburgh in the division? Well, I sort of gave it away. Third. I have them third. And we're looking down the road a little. The rebuild here is going to be long when Sidney Crosby's gone. And yeah. <laughs> whenever that comes around, you let me know. Where do you have them at? Oh, third. Yeah, oh. <laughs> the Washington Capitals. They stumbled a bit last year, but still had 100 points. It's so weird. The Caps are, if you ask their fans, they're really down on them. Uh, if you ask people who project the Capitals, who are like, you know, I've got this model or that model, and you're doing a season preview, they're a little bit like, ah, I don't know. I think they'll see a little bit of regression. But it's hard for me to believe that the Washington Capitals aren't still the Washington Capitals that we've seen for the better part of, I want, 10, 12 years now? I base nothing on Capitals fans being down on them because they are... <laughs> They're down You're on them. very defeatist. They are. You're very defeatist, Caps fans. They are. Now, Jesse is pointing. Who else is down on them? Who? The betting market. Oh, what do they got? What do they got? 94 and a half oh, is over, their over-under. Over, over all day. Over. <sighs> Maybe you guys should listen to the, what people are saying. Listen, listen, I get... The Metro is not going to have four 100-plus point teams again. Mm-hmm. But you could... You so... Could, uh, but you're shaving six points off them? Yeah. Ooh. I can see... That's not a lot. They also have to play the bottom of the Atlantic, who's better now. Uh, like, you're not true. taking those points either. From terrible East teams. Oh, the, East the East is, is so brutal. deep. So here's the Washington conundrum, okay? You've got really good players who are getting older. Mm-hmm. And we've, again, we, we, we ran into this problem with Pittsburgh. People keep going, well, if they get injured. But the Washington Capitals still find ways to win. And it starts with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Wilson, right? And starting the season without Wilson and without Backstrom, as oh well. yeah, yeah. So the injury bug, yep, them a little bit. Uh, Ovechkin though uh, is going to keep playing and keep scoring, and he's going to keep chasing Wayne Gretzky. I think he's going to slump to forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I, I I am a little concerned about their defense here. Yeah. Um. Obviously, John Carlson's John Carlson. He we know what he is. He's a yep. great player. Uh, you've got Orlov. You got Jensen. But you know Eric Gustafson who was bad yeah. in Chicago. He had that one good year in Chicago and then didn't. He'll be a lot of fun. He'll be, he Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Feeding the puck up the ice and watching players blow by him on the other end. That's right. what he is, right? Yeah, I mean, that's basically what he is. Trevor Van Riemsdyk paired up with him and Martin Fevery? Ferrari. Ferrari. What do we know about him? Uh, he's a good player. He's a first pairing defenseman. Yeah, I keep getting him confused with Joel Faraby. Yeah. It's just because of their names. Uh, Faraby, who we probably should have brought up more in the Flyers conversation. He's pretty good. Uh, Faravari is good. They, what, what the Capitals are actually doing an okay job of doing, and I dare I say they're doing a better job than the Penguins of doing this, is they're introducing the next wave. Interesting. Uh, you know, Hendricks, yep. Faravari in there. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a few names, but they're they're doing a decent job of introducing the next wave. But holy shit, Jesse has their cap friendly page up, and that is a lot of red. Yeah, they're primed to get rid of everybody at the end of this year. Like they have 
Uh, let me just, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have ten UFAs. Name names. They have. A, that's oh, you want me to name them all? Yeah, name them all. Uh, Orlov, Jensen, TVR, Gustafson, Matt Irwin, Connor Brown, Lars Eller. Garnet Hathaway, Connor Sheary, and Marcus Johansson. Eight of ten of those will be gone. They're that's only the only defenseman signed past this season is John Carlson, and that's the one that and you should have. So, Ferrovari is an RFA. You're looking at this year. If it's truly a last dance, because the whole group won't be back, and then next year you get to rebuild a whole new team around uh, Kuzi, Backstrom, and, and Ovechkin. Well, and are we just going to forget that they were actually trying to move Kuzi for a time? Yep, as well. Yeah. Like, so this is a team, they're, they're good. I mean, they have Alexander Ovechkin. They have some depth. Um, we're, we're, we're burying the lead with, uh, they got Darcy Kemper. Well, I was going to get yes. to that next. Yeah. Also, I should mention Tom Wilson's also signed through next year. So he'll be a part of that. Well, that whatever. deal's almost up. How about that? Tom Wilson wow. one? Yeah. Wow, That's how, yeah. how long we've been doing this show. <laughs> doing I remember when that deal was a youngin. <laughs> they, they were able to score their way out of bad goaltending mm -hmm. last year, and now fortunes may be flipped. Darcy it, Kemper, yeah. Stanley Cup winning goaltender. Good goaltender. He's a good goaltender. I don't know about elite, but good. But they didn't win the cup with elite goaltending. He was... He was Brayton Holpe was very good. But that was oh, you mean the Capitals? Yeah, the Capitals. They oh, didn't win the they Cup. they won with, with Elite Goaltending. You think so? Oh, yeah. I, I'm... See, I feel like the, te the team... There was some team propping up there. It there, felt like that, especially history since. Holpe since has just never been the same. He was, he was a very game-by-game -game goalie. Um, remember, when they won the Cup, he wasn't even the starting goalie. It was Philip Grubauer who right? started that playoff run. And, Philip Grubauer, you know? And... Uh, but when Braden Holtby decided he was done with this whole allowing goals thing, he was. Like, people forget Tampa, the season before winning the President's Trophy, which was the season before winning back-to-back -back Cups and going to three state Stanley Cup Finals, they had the Capitals dead to rights. And uh, they were up 3-2. And Braden Holtby, the last goal he allowed was in Game 5. And they won in Game 7. He had back-to-back -back shutouts. Decided he was done with this whole allowing goals. Yeah. Okay, maybe I have yeah. forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know. Uh, Kemper, though, <laughs> has... I think he's a clear upgrade in that. Here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No, this should have... Okay, okay. I'm being, uh, uh, I'm being facetious about being a Lee fan here. I understand... Um, I understand them wanting a change in net i don't understand pitching samsonov out the door that young that's fair maybe you know he just I mean? some maybe it's a mix of personalities that aren't there or uh i want i think he had a high qualifying offer i don't know what it was okay i mean he ended up signing for 1.8 that is a very strange one to me though the strange thing to me is can you name and don't look at the don't cheat here well i i can't freaking see all back I see is lines. backup who is the backup goaltender for the caps Darcy kemper is it I think their third stringer is Phoenix Copley. I don't know. Charlie Lindgren. Oh. So this is where I deduct marks from the Caps because I feel like they can compete points-wise. Maybe if they were playing the Pens face-to-face, -face, the Pens would go. But, you know, if you're expecting Charlie Lindgren, who has played 29 career games, to play 29 games this season... Mm. If I'm I, concerned. I'm calling. I'm calling the San Jose Sharks about James Reimer. Yeah. Uh, if oh, that's I would, what I would. I do. would get his Capitals jersey. 
of him. <laughs> I, uh, uh, if I remember correct, he was borderline unusable in Montreal, and then he went to St. Louis, and he was actually quite good. Yep. But you're right. Like, it's aggressive to go from third stringer to, okay, you're full-time backup now to Darcy Kemper, who was injured in last year's playoffs. And it was his eye. Goalies need those. Yeah. You know, I, uh, but like he's jacked. I will say this Washington Capitals fans. He's jacked to be a Washington Capital and he's jacked to be alive. Like he was just, he was one of the most excited people, uh, I met at the NHL player media tour. He was so friendly that it alarmed me. I was like, do I know him? Do we know each he other? He was just and very personable. Extremely personable and, uh, very, he's the golden retriever that that fan base deserves. Well, that's cool. So they'll fall in love with him. Yes. Um, so for the Washington Capitals this year, what's a real win? Uh, the cup. Yeah? Uh, th- that, are, that they, has are they to striking be the for the cup? Uh, I mean, Alex, uh, the top of Alex Ovechkin's head is the same color as the cup. That's how much time they have left. Um, they, if, if it looks like it's, it's realistic, he can catch Gretzky. That's their window. The second that record gets thrown out the window, either he breaks it or he falls off, and the clock's ticking, he's going to retire. Jesse, what do you think? No one's run lasts forever, and one of the hardest things to do in sports is predict when that team that's really good and all those players who are superstars go to that over the hill. You know, it's so hard to determine when that superstar is going to fall off, but they all do whether it be injuries or just time, father time who's undefeated. And the Washington Capitals, like, I'm not going to bank on this being the season that they take a step back. But I could see a middling year where they re-up for next year with all of that cap space and they truly go after it another year for Ovechkin next year when they when they get all the players in there that they want. Um, so I think for them, it's, it's definitely competing for the Stanley cup. Cause that's what they have to do every year. They have, but you think uh, that they the might actually four. be better. Next but year. I, I think next year is the year where the capitals are really going to go for it, when they're completely healthy again, cause they're not healthy this year and they have all that extra cap space. That's when I see the caps really going for it. And this year step back, I have them fourth in the division. Like it's a light fourth. I'm really not sure, but that's where I have them. Steve, I like the term light fourth. So I'm going to use it as well. That's where I have them. The gap between the haves and the have-nots in the Metro is going to shrink. Uh, you got to take points from the Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Penguins, or the Caps. And I think the Caps are maybe going to lose the most points out of the four. I'm going to take it to Washington at four. I think Jersey's going to be closing. I think they'll follow them this year. I just don't think Jersey's good enough to surpass them. Mm-hmm. Right? I, have, I have the Islanders in that conversation as well. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Especially with that goaltending tandem, which is better than the other two teams that we just mentioned, Washington and uh, New Jersey. Might, might be the best in the league. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. So we'll see. But yeah, Washington fourth place. Uh, that concludes our Metro division. Did you like it? Are you ready? Are you ready for Buffalo? So ready. Are you? I am. I are, mean, are you? Are you ready, Legion of Doom? <laughs> I, just, I always have to get out my bad Rick Jenner. At. Um, if the point total remains the same at the end of the year, at least the vibes are better after 10, 11, 12 miserable seasons. A very long time. It's been a long time. I don't know if it's going to get much better this year, but they certainly are turning things around. Jesse, before we get into it, sportsinteraction.com slash STPN. 78 and a half is the over under for the Buffalo Sabres this season. They had 75 
last year. Oh. Do you take the over? Oh, man. Hammer the over. I, I take the over there. I, I do the not. I take the under. Third, goaltending still scares the daylights out of me. Yes, Craig Anderson was uh, good last year, uh, better than anyone could expect him to be. Uh, but I mean, time is undefeated and Eric Comrie is his backup and that's a little, not the best. I always, but the rest of the team is much better. I just want to remind you that, you know, the rest of the division with the exception of probably the Montreal Canadians are better. And the teams where Bu- Buffalo would have drawn points a little bit easier last year, even though they weren't very good would be Detroit and Ottawa. And I just don't think they're going to beat them as much. That is an interesting point. Yeah. Because basically, I mean, who got worse in the Atlantic? Uh, the answer is prop maybe Florida, maybe Florida, and they were first. <laughs> yeah, just because they're gonna drop points doesn't mean uh, they're even gonna drop back in the standings. Um, it's an extremely good division. I'll I'll still take the over. Though, okay, so I like the optimism. I'm I'm, set, I'm on the under. Yeah, I'm yeah, on the yeah. I, 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 I no, I looked at where I had everything in the division. I was like, oh, seventy-eight, 78 and a half doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. they're under yeah. that number. Now Ooh. the Eichel trades yeah. turned out great, great value. Alex Tuck's awesome, huge extension for Tage, Tage Thompson. My question with him is, listen, that's a lot of money for a guy that did it one time. We've seen the one-time guy in the NHL multiple times. Can Tage Thompson do this again? I think he can. Um, you know, he had a really rough start to his career, but we forget that he was a significant uh, part of a significant trade for the Sabres for a reason. He had that pedigree. I think this was always there. Um, he was also know. playing a different position. That too. Yeah, and a, a different winger. role with the Blues who were winning he was, he was a winger, and then they converted him to a center, and the magic hit. It And, and it happens. It happens, man. I, I'm thinking of, uh, didn't Pierre-Luc Dubois go like, fourth third overall because mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and as a winger who converted to center mid-season people thought they had lost their mind and he's turned into a pretty good player Tage thompson though had a season last year that eclipses anything dubois has ever done mm-hmm. um i don't know if he'll do that again but he'll i think this is what he's going to be for the rest of his career um which is uh, a competent top six player um one just to follow up on Tage, one easy thing to look at to see if uh, a player is going to regress is like, was the shooting percentage way out of control? Yes. And it's probably going to dial back. So Tage Thompson shot 15% last year. That's high. It's high, so, but it's not ridiculous. It's it's not high if we think that's he's, he's the goal scorer that he's going to be. Because that you should be shooting that if you're going to put up 41 goals. I think it, it dials back a little. Probably lands in the 10 to 12 area. And he 35 goal scorer, Tage Thompson. I'm from Buffalo. I take goal. that. You know, it's out of something you've never expected. Yeah, Tate Thompson's a good player. As internal expectations and fans' expectations rise, so does your opponent's expectation of you, which means you're going to play fewer backups. Mm-hmm. And you can't uh-huh. tell me the Sabres didn't get a lot of backups. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. And and our, our, our team's bringing their A game against the Sabres the same way they would against Florida, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Leafs friggin' didn't. No, they certainly did I not. Over under wins in Buffalo won. <laughs> That'd be um, nice. Can the, another one that the Sabres need to contend with this year is Owen Power. He played a few games last year. Can they bring him in but not expose him the way they did Jack Eichel and Rasmus Dahlin? Both great players, but you ideally want to bring somebody along where they're not the central focus right away. Is Buffalo deep enough for them not to rely on him that way? 
yeah the the best the best way to get out of that situation is depth and i think they have it now it's still it still could be better mm-hmm. they they could always improve but the way Darlene improved throughout the season last year was so so good owen powers little 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 taste that he gave us at the end of last season delicious so so good i think he's going to contend for the calder um i have no reason to uh suspect that giant of a player is going to be anything other than amazing Mm -hmm. uh I it really I'm not the Atlantic Division. You're going to hear this a lot. I hate that he's in the Leafs Division, really, which yeah. is the biggest. It's the biggest compliment I could pay to you. I think where we differ on our predictions is like you're you're very high on we're all high on their young stars and everything. But you mentioned the core around the players and the the depth. I should say not the core around the players. The depth around the young players. I don't think it's there. Like I don't think there's enough supporting the cast like Owen Power, like Darlene, like JJ Paterka. Like uh, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins to an extent, the Cousins for sure. But like the pieces around those guys, like uh, Gergensen's Ocpozo, uh, Middlestat, Jeff Skinner again, Victor Olofsson. Like Skinner I don't was fine. I don't think those players are guys to prop up the team to where the the young players who need to take another step are gonna be able to play to the ability to get themselves out of the bottom of the Atlantic. I think Kevin Adams, who just got an extension, is a sneaky busy bee. And Tell I, th- I think I think they're a, a top five candidate in the league for a pre-Halloween move. I look oh, at I look at the defense around Power and Dolly, and I say that's not great stuff. No, are you kidding me? How can you disrespect Bush like that? <laughs> Ilya Labushkin, bottom pair right-handed defenseman, the giant Bush. He's going to take away a lot of the boring responsibilities that, frankly, players don't want to do. Um, totally. I think you need guys like that with a young decor. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's actually a really good pickup. He's a good candidate. Uh, Yoki Haru's uh, on that defensive core. I do want to ask you guys about the goaltending because Craig Anderson is back. But the guy that they're really pinning some hopes on is a guy that had a really great season behind Connor Hellebuck last year in Winnipeg, which is Eric Comrie. Uh, surprisingly, if you haven't checked out Eric Comrie's stat line, listen, the guy's only played 28 times in his NHL career. But he started 16 games last year. He was 10-5 and five on not a great Winnipeg team with a 920 save percentage. He's 27. This is the time. This is the team to prove, listen, he doesn't need to have a beautiful win-loss record, but that save percentage needs to be strong on a bad team for him to actually take a starter's position. Yeah, and, and you know, the Sabres didn't have the greatest luck in terms of goalie health and everything. It wasn't quite to the extent of the Devils, but it sunk the Devils. Right. The fact that they had to go that far into their depth, it didn't with with the Sabres. Um, I think there's a good vibe there. And this season, more than others, I know I'm ignoring your Eric Comrie question. I think he'll be fine, but it's a it's a matter of how many games he's gonna play. Like we haven't really seen him play. No, no. And how many how many games do you want 40 year old Craig Anderson playing? Exactly. But this season, more than others, you can go into a season. Uh, looking a little bit like the Buffalo Sabres in net because there are going to be goalies available on the waiver wire and for the cheap, uh, I think. I think this is the year that we kind of expected the Sabres to be last year and that Eric Comrie and um, Craig Anderson are going to just be treading water this season. I don't think they're going to overperform what their expectations are. And it's just a waiting game for next year for Ukapeka Lukanen and Devin Levi. Like, mm-hmm. those are the two goalies of the future. Those, are the two, especially Levi, like, that kid's going to be a star one day. And he's in their system. And you got these two guys in Comrie and Anderson just to hang out. 
I don't think that they're the they're definitely not the future. Definitely not Anderson and Comrie. Who knows what he's going to be? But at the end of the day, they just need incremental growth. Right. Right. And what the Sabres had for a very long time was bad, still bad, even worse. Bad, bad, bad. No, I think they're going to improve this year. By and you how can much? do that by losing. Uh, wow. You know, you don't have to be good to see uh, like the players get better. I I kind of think the Sabres are like a lot of teams. They're a little bit done with that. And I think <sighs> there's no, no, like no, no, eight no, no. teams about that right but now. With so many teams in our season previews, we talked about Connor Bedard and the allure of Connor Bedard. The Sabres, more than any team, are going to be like, nah, I think we're going to sit this one out. We'll land where we land mm -hmm. because they've done the whole burn it to ash thing and it set them back a decade. I don't see them making that I mistake again. 100% agree with that. Yeah. They got to stop losing games on purpose. Yes. They got to start losing games because they're just not there yet. I think this is part I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. This is part of the reason why I actually still like the over for them because I think. Uh, out of the teams that are going to finish in the bottom, let's say third of the league, most of them are going to be trying to lose. <laughs> and yeah. the Sabres won't be. Yeah. So, um, uh, sell off a piece or two at the deadline, fine, but they're not going to be losing on purpose. So, last answer your question. Okay. So, yeah. Where do you have them? <laughs> uh, out of eight teams. Eight. I have them seventh. Interesting. Jesse has them eight. Really? Mm -hmm. Any reason why? Montreal Canadiens are going to be a little better. Okay, and I'm going to have them seventh because I don't believe they are. <laughs> we'll get to that. The Boston Bruins. Bergeron's back. Krejci's back. This is the last dance. We know that it is. It definitely is. They've said it is. So, where do we have them landing this season? It's a tough team to predict. A lot of people are saying, yeah, you think this is the last dance? No, the last dance already happened. What are the betting odds at Sports Interaction, Jesse? 95 and a half. Adam, where did they finish last year? How many points? They had 107. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the betting market's like looking at the real down. Taking a dip. Real down. Here. Well, because Krejci's back for me, you're away. Bergeron is 37. Now, he, the interesting thing with Bergeron is, you know, usually you lose versus Father Time, but him and Joel Pavelski keep looking Father Time in the face and going, not today. Yeah, no, not today. Please um, just. It, okay, can I take my selkie nod and go? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Still. I understand why you would be down on the Bruins. Like, specifically right off the top, you got McAvoy, Marshan, and Grizzlick gone. Really hard. Um, really Marshan and McAvoy aren't supposed to return till December. Uh, Grizzlick will be back in November. That's tough to lose those three. Oh, yeah. However, um, I, I have to say the Bruins have one of the more deeper teams uh, in the NHL still. And they've got one of the deeper, the deepest ingrained systems. And identity. Yes. Thank you. The prospects, uh, when they make their Bruins debut, are Bruins. They are <laughs> already Bruins. There's no assembly required. You play Bruins hockey. Um, I always say that about Trent Frederick. I know he's not a superstar. Mm -hmm. But but he's it, a Bruin. He's a Bruin that was made in a lab. Yeah. Like, uh, it was like when Johnny Boychuk was traded. It's like, oh, there's... That guy is a Bruin, and he brought the Bruins-ness to the Islanders. But to me, Johnny Boychuk was always a Bruin playing for the Islanders. Yeah, 100%. I, to me, Trent Frederick was a guy who probably stood up at the draft before his name was called. <laughs> and just knew? Yeah, we like, the Bruins, I know. And he just, and he just got up but, because they 100% knew. Yeah. And, and not just, like, I think people are underestimating their skaters, um, their youth up front and on the back end. But they also got a really good tandem. 
And Mm -hmm. it's not always obvious who the starter is, which can be a problem. Mm -hmm. But Linus Olmark was good. Mm -hmm. Faltered at times, but he was good. And Jeremy Swayman is good. Faltered at times, but he was good. Mm-hmm. And really, really good tandem. I, you have to think if Jeremy Swayman's at Media Day, which he was, he was. They obviously have high expectations <laughs> of him, right? Absolutely. That or no one else wanted to go. <laughs> no, no, the Media Day thing. That's, uh, that's uh, going in. The well, you can tell something about a team's fortunes by who they send to Media Day. Who was mm-hmm. that Coyotes Media Day? Oh no. Um. Um. I want to say it was Clayton Keller. This oh, okay. is that we're, we're, we're stealing I didn't talk the Bruins' to him, time. We should also yeah. throw in that uh, Taylor Hall was injured last Saturday during their preseason game. He had an upper body injury, and he is out week to week, doubtful for the season opener. It's an old team. It is an old team. Uh, but well, I see... Hall isn't old, but he's got an old body. But yes. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know, like, inju- you know, uh, Hall's been injured a lot. Bergeron's had punctured lungs. Marshan's had this and that. Uh, obviously, Grizzly and McAvoy, you already know about. Nick Foligno I, is skating on half a back at this point. Yeah. But <laughs> somehow, someway, you just get the feeling that betting against the Bruins, much like the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are also old, is a bad idea. Why do we have that feeling? Because this is, uh, we uh, say the last dance far too often, mm-hmm. but uh, people laugh at Patrice Bergeron's cap hit, which is technically 2.5, and Krejci, I want to say, is like 1 mm-hmm. or something like that. Their bonuses are easily attainable, uh, attainable to the point of insulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason is they'll get their bonus. It'll go to next year when it is a clear, at very minimum, retool year. That doesn't mean they can't make the playoffs next year, but they are at, at very minimum going to retool, if not a rebuild. Mm-hmm. We're about four and a half minutes into this preview, and we haven't mentioned that they had the weird firing with Bruce Cassidy. And yeah, that Jim was, Montgomery, the literally next on Jim my list. Montgomery, the former coach of the Dallas Stars, who kind of coached Boston Bruins hockey in Dallas, yeah, is now the head coach. Of they were doing the really well, Boston Bruins, until he got fired. And for- the the exit was obviously very weird. We went over that uh, yeah. last in July uh, with Bruce Cassidy, but Jim Montgomery seems like a good fit for Boston Bruins. He does. He does. It's a good fit. Uh, I think Bruce he's going to be leaving. He's going to be coaching odd, an overall more talented team than he ever had in Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. I know Sagan and Ben were great, but I think through the lineup, this I think is that's a more complete fair. team. But all he was, healthy. was yeah. successful there. Yeah. Like all they did oh, yeah. was win. Yeah, absolutely. Stanley no Cup what. final a couple of years ago. Um, I do wonder, you know, you know, it comes like comes down to like old dogs, new tricks. And, I, and again, I'm a big fan of what the Bruins are, which I hate saying. Um, but you do wonder, okay, so you had that many years and uh, with, with Cassidy, uh, with Bergeron and Krejci and, uh, you know, Marshan and all these guys, what's Jim Montgomery going to do to change things? And what I mean by that is what's he going to say to Patrice Bergeron? Hey, Patrice, I need you to do this. He doesn't say anything to Patrice Bergeron. Well, he does, but, uh, he, he says what he needs to say to Patrice Bergeron, and Bergeron delivers it to the room. I see. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Also, he needs to invent something uh, that is a line of Pavel Zaka, David Krejci, and David Pasternak. And just be so impossible we, to play against? No, so we can call it, so we can call it the checking line. 
Ah, boo. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> it's a really no, it's good, good line name. Um, I know it's not the best combo, but it's great. Linus Olmark was brought in to be the next sort of starter, and it seems like it hasn't totally worked out. Is he a guy that's a possible surprise goaltender again this year? Yeah, no, I, I think part of the reason he didn't get as many games last year, uh, I, I know one of them battled injuries, I can't remember, um, but also Jeremy Swayman was too good. And they actually had a very interesting scenario <laughs> last year where Swayman had to get sent down because Tuka Rask came back and then uh, Rask ended up retiring and it was back to Olmark and Swayman, which was, you know, probably for the best uh, for all involved. And I say Olmark had a, an off year in 917. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he was wonky at times. How many yeah. games and did he play? he didn't play? start great. He played, he started 39, played 41. Okay, yeah, so that's almost evenly split with Swayman, who played 41, and like you mentioned, the five down in Providence, because Tuka Rask was like, hey, I want to give this a shot. Yeah, and he, and he <laughs> did, and I can't fault him for trying, um, but I mean, the, the Bruins were like three essentially starting NHL goalies deep mm-hmm. uh, at that point, assuming Rask was an NHL starter. Uh, at the time, I got I got no questions about their goaltending. I think none. it's a little underrated. Like I don't. I think that's more, really, I think it's strong. a really really great tandem, and one of them might even uh, play a way above expectations and steal the job outright. It's a really good goal t- goaltending tandem. They should not be concerned at all. Good goaltending hides a lot of blemishes, mm-hmm. and this is a team with a lot of blemishes to start the season. Uh, there's no hiding that. But if they survive this storm, it's going to be a very Merry Christmas in Boston. People were big fans of Hampus Lindholm for a long time when he was playing on the West Coast. And there was trade rumor after trade rumor. He finally gets traded to Boston. And for some reason, when he got gets traded, that's the year people go, nah, I don't know about this guy. That might have been too expensive a contract. He's playing with Brandon Carlo as right now they're, they're going to be the, the, the top pairing. And I would assume they move down once the other two come back. But uh, Hampus Lindholm, what's he bring to this team? And what is he actually now? Well, so you, you again, it's Jim Montgomery. And you look at who Jim Montgomery had in Boston and who his favorite toys might have been. And I look at him in Dallas, what he had in Dallas. Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah. What he had in Dallas. And um, I think. I think if you're Jim Montgomery, you got to be thinking, all right, who's my Miro Heiskanen? Yes. <laughs> and I think he's hoping that's what Hampus Lindholm can be. You need a little bit of turning back the clock, a little bit of injury luck, uh, but I think Lindholm has the skill set to, I mean, Miro Heiskanen's a bit aggressive, but you know, be something along those lines. Be a number one guy on that left side. Okay, so with the last 40 seconds, gentlemen, where do you have the Boston Bruins in this division? The Boston Bruins are going to lose points because the Atlantic seems to keep getting better and the Eastern Conference as a whole is getting better. But I still have them as a playoff team. I still have them in fourth place in the Atlantic division ahead of a bunch of other teams who we'll get to. I too have them in fourth place. I, I think that you bet against Boston at your own peril and I sure as hell wouldn't want to play them in the first round. I agree, Adam. You do bet against Boston at your own peril and that's why I have them third. There's something to be said about magic, and there is something to be said about fighting the odds. That's what I think the Bruins are going to do this year. A team with Moritz Sider in year two, Lucas Raymond in, in, I think, year two? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And adding Billy Husso, Andrew Kopp, and David Perron. Some pretty good ads, along with Ben Sherratt and some others. How could they not get better? But are they good enough to make the playoffs? So here's what I want to know first. What are the odds makers saying, Jesse, at Sports Interaction? 
They have them at 84 and a half wins. Points. Sorry, point. I did that again. I did the second 84 time I did that. wins. 84 and a half <laughs> points over under. Yeah, this isn't 2002 anymore. There's no more 84 win seasons for the Detroit Red Wings, but 84 points. 84 and a half? Maybe. 85? 84? Ooh, that seems, well, that's a big swing because they had yep. 74 last year. But I, I mean, listen, I, I, uh, if you've never watched Andrew Kopp play, you don't know what kind of value he brings. That is a valuable, valuable piece, especially for this Detroit team. When he's in the lineup. Yes. My question is not Cop and not Perron. I think they're going to play like they play. I need to know if Vili Husso is for real and Alex Nedeljkovic is for real. With Detroit, to me, it all comes down to goaltending. Yeah, because, I mean, Nedeljkovic made the Hurricanes look like fools uh, to, to start his tenure uh, in Detroit. And then he, he was like borderline unusable. Yeah, couldn't play him. He, I, I remember in fantasy, none of us would touch him. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, we all mm-hmm. thought we were smart. We we're going to buy low and get Nedeljkovic off the waiver wire. Unusable. The main problem with Detroit last year was the uh, goals they were allowing and the penalty kill. They were 31st in goals against and 32nd on the penalty kill. They couldn't play defense. It was they, awful. And that's why I'm very happy that they fired their head coach. They like, played, <laughs> watch the spin I put on this. They played a game against the Leafs last year where they scored five third period goals and lost. Oh, terrible. Like, I think it, they reached a point at the end of uh, Jeff Blaschel's tenure that it, he needed to go because... It's many not, fans argued that he should have gone way before. Exactly, <laughs> and I think they were right. Like it, the uh, the system they were playing, it wasn't a reflective of the talent they had. Like obviously they were light on talent. They're trying to tear it down and get as many draft picks as they could, but they shouldn't have been that bad on the penalty kill and in terms of their goals against. Nedeljkovic isn't that bad of a goalie, but now they have the best goalie in the world. Well, <laughs> I think he'll have a bounce back because I don't think he could possibly do worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a better goalie than that, and Villiuso, uh has the low bar of being better than Thomas Grice was last year, which uh, I think is a bar they will crawl. But over. is Vili Husso what he was in St. Louis last year? Is that a real thing? Yeah, there's a lot of reason to believe it's not, but again, he's just got to be better than what Detroit had last year, which is a, an extremely low bar. But, but... The money says no. He actually does need to be better. <laughs> he <laughs> actually does need to. Yeah. Continue. The doubts come when you look at his postseason performance because he was uh, well outplayed by Jordan Bennington and he got his job back and then unfortunately got injured and Huso wasn't the same player that he was during the regular season. But the regular season resume proved that there's a very good starting goaltender in there. It's just a matter of what we're going to get. Yeah. Um, the other huge question, Mark, has got to be on defense. More insider, we know he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Of course. Ben Sherratt, it depends on who you ask. Yes. Some people will throw first round picks away for 20 games of Ben Sherratt like the Florida Panthers will. Uh, some teams will commit to him for four or five years like Detroit did. Some teams wouldn't touch him with a 10 foot pole because he's just a, a player who is limited in their ability. Right now in Detroit, and I don't imagine this will last forever, he is slotted as their top pairing left side defenseman. Is that a question mark? Who does Daily Faceoff have as their top six? I'm very curious. Sherratt, Sider, Mata, Roenick, uh, Evidson, and Lindstrom. That's Gustav Lindstrom. Yes. 
I was about to say Lindstrom, not Lindstrom. This is Jordan, terrible. Jordan uh, Osterley might have the the third pairing. Fair right? enough, but who, that's semantics. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think they're going to score a lot of goals, but on D, you're right. They are going to have to squeeze blood from a Thin. stone there. Uh-huh. Uh, ben Chirot, I think, is there to teach um, the young Red Wings how to be an asshole. And I think he's going to do with it? a very good job of it. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, Moritz, have you ever tried using someone's spine as a xylophone? Ring, ring. <laughs> I, I, I think um, they're going to learn some nasty tricks from him, even if the results aren't necessarily there. And uh, front, the front of the Detroit Red Wings net, will it be well, well protected? Mm, well, depends who you ask. Like you said, will it be a fun place to play? No. Absolutely not. Okay. I think Stevie Y looked at the team last year and was like, we need to get heavier and we need to get a little bit meaner. We have a lot of young guys and they're not they're not playing they're not standing up for themselves enough. And let's go get some some old greasy vets who can try and do a thing. Let let me let me tear down the veil here. This is arguably gonna be the first year where Steve Eisenman's Detroit Red Wings are gonna try. Yeah, he he bought this summer, and it's very interesting. I assume we'll get to Cop and Perron, like, mm-hmm. bringing those guys in. He clearly thinks there needs to be a step taken here, and there's enough young talent in these pieces that he's brought in. If they all perform to their task, and you get great goaltending from Huso, what the star he can be and is projected to be, like, there's a very good team in here. Well, we are going to get to the forwards, Jesse, and, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you brought them up, because depth is what they needed, right? That first line, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, great line. But what came after that, but with Cop and Perron, and then you've already got uh, Vrana. Mm-hmm. I mean, that gives, first off, that gives Vrana somebody to really kind of play with. Uh, second, it gives... He was such a big loss for them. Like, people really underrated Yeah, that. I think so, too. Uh, I'm still surprised how that ended in Washington, too. That's a weird story that just it. kind of went underreported. It sounds like a stupid thing to say, and when you, when you break it down, it is. But without a better way to describe this, David Perron, for me is such a great addition to this team because it's elite second-line scoring. Is there a better second-line winger in the league than David Perron? Do you know what I mean? And like, I, objectively, there would consistently be. Consistently over the last, like, 10 years. And that's the role he plays. You know how, like, CEOs have to, like, disclose their stock portfolio and stuff to the public so there's no insider trading? Adam Wilde, you have to disclose your relationship with David Perron when you're praising he him. He launched the uh, Agent Provocateur podcast. Oh, and I, noted. Uh, Alan Walsh client, David Perron. But if you look at him over the last five years, this guy is close to, if not a po- point per game player, depending upon what you're looking at. And even when he was playing, you know, he played 56, 57 games, the lowest point total he had was 46. That's great on a Detroit team that after the first line really didn't have much. That was a guy who turned back the clock like daylight savings with the uh, upswing and scoring last year. And, you know, uh, Montreal for a number of years was the team in the Atlantic who you didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs. But if they did, they were going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. If you kind of look at the moves Detroit's making, they're slowly morphing into that team. Do I, you know, is it, do I expect David Perron to contend for the heart? No. Do I expect uh, Andrew Kopp to be the best, you know, top line forward or even, even top six forward in the league during the regular season? No. And same with Ben Chirot. If they make it, ooh, that's going to be a mm-hmm. problem. And, and Lalonde behind the bench as well. Eisenman, um was expected to take all of the lightning with him. He didn't really, but this is him just a few years later. 
Pluck. Taking a little piece and the league's third most handsomest coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I have questions about Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. Now, not not in a bad way, but often what happens with players that really excel in their first year, oftentimes first off, they're on bad teams. So you have to ask the question, okay, so Detroit's less bad. They're not trying to lose anymore, right? They're losing. If they lose games this year, it's because they were outplayed. Um, teams are going to target Lucas Raymond. They're going to cover Lucas Raymond. They're going to target more each side, or they're going to cover him more. They're going to be looking for those guys. It's reasonable to expect some sort of regression at some point. Maybe they regain it this year, maybe next. How does that factor in to Detroit's success this year and what a win looks like? I know some players go through the sophomore slump. Uh-uh. I'm investing. I'm investing You're in hitting. Lucas Imagine... Raymond. Imagine sitting there after Kale McCarr's rookie season and saying, oh, he's going to sophomore slump. Imagine sitting there after Connor McDavid's rookie season and saying sophomore slump. Austin, Matthews, Lucas Raymond and Maury Sider need to be in those conversations. These are superstars in the making and there's no regression. The chart's going up. Okay. I'm, I'm investing in Tyler Bertuzzi because he's not going to miss nine Canadian games for no good reason. Yeah. I'm investing in Dylan Larkin. Because he was a monster back half last year, mm -hmm. and he's gonna have Andrew Cop behind him now. And I'm investing in Lucas Raymond because uh, David Perron is there to take some of that load. And if anyone messes with him uh, underratedly, David Perron will beat the shit out of you. Where do you put them in the in the thing? And we are out of time. I wish I could put both the Red Wings and Senators at five point five. I can't, so I'm gonna put the Red Wings at six. Jesse. You need bigger cojones. I have the Red Wings in fifth. Whoa. All right. You know what? And I have them in sixth. But again, same with Steve. Five and a half is where I would have had them. 